Welcome to episode 41 of the Nassau's Comic Book Podcast. It is Monday, January 27th. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. Hello. And special guest to talk all things X-Men, Darcy Mahaffey. Hello. You're going to have to speak up. You're kind of behind the mic. Hello. Have anybody else here tonight, or is it just us? <laughs> That's us. Just us? Okay. Just us four sitting around the table. <laughs> okay, I'm just double checking. You said no. You said no introduction. We have a, con- we have a, a listener's panel. We might take questions from uh, a listener, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Perhaps in the McSauce studio audience. <laughs> Before we get into all things X-Men. That's right, McSauce is... Recorded in front of a live studio audience. Exactly. It is. It makes me feel like we're on a fantastic 80s sitcom. That starts with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Wow, we're just going to jump in just like that? Jump right into it. Hope you're ready. Uh, well, McSauce is the podcast that is sworn to protect a listening audience that fears and hates us. And I'm Which is true based on our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Please go to iTunes and rate us, review us, leave us five stars so that people can... Man, I'm not doing really well tonight either. (laughs) You know why? Because we got Chinese. If we got traditional subs or pizza, everything would have gone smoothly. Yeah, we ate Chinese before this. Usually, as you know, we wait a little bit. But we ate before, and I think I'm, I'm just weighed down. I'm not as light on my feet this we evening. We have to burn it off. I would say by the one-hour mark, we'll be in We'll be in condition. podcasting shape. But <laughs> in, in the meanwhile, you can go to Facebook <clears throat> backslash McSauce. You can leave us some feedback. You can also go to Twitter and give us some questions. We're going to take some Twitter questions tonight. From some of our lovely, lovely fans. And tonight we have Darcy Mahaffey with us. Hello again. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You have a website that features a lot of different things that I didn't know that you were into. Uh, SoaredFairyTales.com mm-hmm. Storytelling, fine art, sideshow magic, and performance art. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? Uh, sure. We do... A lot of everything. Um, my husband, Dylan, who you remember way back when was on the Sandman Neil Gaiman podcast, he and I do our own comic book. We also run our own sideshow. Um, it's like a Victorian-themed medicine show, so we do that, um, in which case we do fire eating, bed and nails, human blockhead needle through the arm, any kind of weird, horrific sideshow stunt that will uh, give children nightmares. Um, (laughs) We can also be very family friendly. Or culture them. (laughs) Or culture them, yes. Um, We do um, Middle Eastern music and dance, aka belly dancing. I do, not Dylan. Um, And Dylan is also part of a theatrical seance show. So, lots of stuff. A veritable cornucopia of interests and talents. I didn't say fire eating? Fire eating. Yeah, we said fire eating. Yeah. Okay. I thought sword swallowing was part of the 
There's, there's, uh, there's, so, a long time ago we were trying to decide who was going to do what tricks, and, um, Dylan swore to me that he knew how to eat fire, swore up and down, I know how to eat fire, he's going to kill me when he listens to this later, sorry honey, I love you, (laughs) and I did not believe him, so... We went to Lowe's and we purchased all of the materials needed to build your own torch. Came home. I made him stand in the bathtub so that if he let himself on fire, I could douse him Smart. with water. Smart. The boy could not even get the torch near his mouth. He was coming in. It was shaking everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, I knew it. What a love You've story. never done this before in your life. Um, so we tabled it. We went How, to the, was this early in the relationship? Was this part of the courting process? Yeah, yeah like, was he like, oh, baby, I can eat fire? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were actually married at this point. So oh, so he didn't have to, like, impress you with this? He was all. just being silly. He was just being silly. So, um, he was a big sideshow fan growing up, um, so I think he probably attempted it. I just don't necessarily think it ever happened. At least he couldn't prove to me that it did. Um, but anyway, one day we went to the dentist and discovered that between the two of us, I can open my mouth much larger. Um, I like how you made that family friendly and you added the dentist it aspect. It was at the dentist. That, that fake aspect of the story. It was. It was actually at the dentist. They measured how much we could open our mouths, and Dylan could only open it, like, 30-some millimeters, and I so, could open it 55. Was this? Like, whoa. I could put my whole fist in my mouth. Whoa. Stupid was this two trip. separate dental trips, or was this a joint trip it to was see a joint who should trip. eat fire? It was a joint trip. Not The purpose was not to see who should eat fire. We just happened to be at the dentist. It was just a happy accident yeah. of but when we got in the dental <laughs> visit. Yeah. But when we got in the car on the way home, it was... Well, I should be the one to attempt fire eating as I can open my mouth the larger. So we went to um, Cuckoo's Nest, which is a really cool, locally owned magic store here in Pittsburgh on the south side, and purchased a How to Eat Fire book, and I taught myself how to eat fire. Wow. Um, and so after that, then it was, well, someone needs to learn how to do sword swallowing. And I left that to Dylan, who... Has a love-hate relationship with trying to learn how to swallow swords. Sometimes he's like, I'm going to do it. Other times he's like, yeah, maybe not so much. So it hasn't really progressed, but it's pretty dangerous, so I'm not going to pressure him into it because I... You don't want him to die? I don't want him to die. I mean, How far down does the sword go? It goes into your stomach. There is no... It's not a collapsible sword. It goes all the way down. May I ask you, what possessed you guys to get into this stuff? Um, we really love Renaissance festivals. Yeah, a lot. And we used to that be on... was that was their Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. during those times. Yeah, and um, we actually used to be on cast at the Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival. Um, and it was just one of those things where, like, what more can we do to be more entertaining? And Dylan always loved sideshows, and I was along for the fire-eating ride, and it just sort of happened. So, so. drawing a webcomic just wasn't cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> the web, co- the comic book was an on-again, off-again thing, too, from when we first started dating. When we first started dating, um, 
our we would talk on phone for hours on end about the X-Men. Um, like we'd have four hour conversations about building our own team, who was gonna be on our team, what our favorite mutant was, if we had mutant powers, what would they be? Which is why it was a tough decision <laughs> when the draft came down. So who was he, gonna be on tonight? He was very upset. And it was Darcy and not Dylan. He was. He was quite sad. Doesn't mean we love him any less. That's what I told him. Um, a little he, less. <laughs> if only he could swallow fire. <laughs> if only. That would have done it. So, but yeah, um, and we, we used to talk about doing our own comic book, and we attempted several times and um, didn't really quit, get quite off the ground. And probably a couple years ago, Dylan was just like, that's it, I'm doing it, like, it's something I've always wanted to do, I really want to be a, a, a comic book author and uh, illustrator, and he did it, and I'm really, really proud of him, I mean, I've helped him as much as I can along the way, but I mean, he by far does all the heavy lifting himself. I, I have all of, I think you have four books total now? Five? Um, we Not have... including the Echoes of Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's four dark museums, yeah. <laughs> and then we just started the new series, The Echoes of Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed every one, and it's, it's, um, like, I played in bands for years, and, like, the best compliment I could get from friends that would come out was always, you guys are actually pretty good. And, like, that's how I feel about those books, because you get stuff from your buddies, whatever they do, and you're always like, all right, how good is this going to be? And then... It's always a really good, pleasant surprise when you sit down and read it or listen to, you know, whatever they're doing. You're like, holy shit, some good stuff. Well, I have to give him props, and I think you guys will like him a lot. He's working on a graphic novel right now. Um, ambitious. Very ambitious. He's um, into his second, what would be a second trade paperback. He's got the first one done. Um, so I guess all together they would be, well... I just screwed it up. Anyway, he's into second or third um, issue or whatever. Um, it's really good. I mean, it's really, really good. I think it's going to do better than the Dark Museum ones did. Matt, how much art have you done in the last couple weeks? I drew a Captain America drawing. I saw that. Yeah, that was the last thing. Did you draw a trade paperback? No. Mm-mm. I didn't know this was the compare <laughs> Matt Cassell to Dylan Mahaffey, he's better than me podcast. How much fire did you swallow in the past couple weeks? I didn't do that either. You say a lot, no, little, none. However, I have done 40 episodes of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast and counting. True. Impressive. That was very good. How many has Dylan done? One. One. <laughs> So again, if you want to read the Dark Museum or check out some per great performance art, go to Sword Fairy Tales. Sorded. 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 .com and get in contact with Darcy and Dylan. Man, being grammar police gives me so much satisfaction. <laughs> oh, I, the listeners really appreciate it. I know you guys hate it, but it's like a release for me. That's all it takes, huh? Correct some grammar. That's all it takes. Correct the way people speak. Your job's easy. You just have to use the wrong there, and he's he's good to go for the night. Instead of thrilling grammar corrections, how about we go into some talk about X-Men? All right. Matt, give us some X-Men. Well, you got Colossus. 
That's a good X-Men. Highly underrepresented in the X-Men films. You know, I like Colossus. I think this... Is your favorite X-Man? No. No. Why do you like Colossus? I like Colossus because he kind of brings something that none of the other X-Men really have. He brings that brute strength. Like, who, who could you even compare to Colossus out of all the vast wealth of X-Men out there? Just the heroes? Yeah, heroes or villains. Heroes. Strong guy is pretty tough. Strong guy is pretty tough. Is that a guy? Terribly is that a guy? Yeah. Strong guy. He's, he's got like this little dinky, no. like, white. He's dinky got white. little. Ponytail. He's got ponytail. little glasses yeah, kind of things. Like little Colossus thing. yeah. would punch he was on strong X guy right in his glasses. Box. Yes, he was on X. X. Or X X-Factor. Oh, X-Factor. X-Factor. That guy. That was his name? Strong, strong guy. guy? Strong guy, yeah. He was a 90s creation, wasn't he? And I yeah, I believe so. preferred the, the Colossus look from the, I guess it would have been the 70s, the all-new X, or not all-new X-Men. X-Men. The giant size The giant size X-Men, where he had, he had like kind of a crew cut style haircut, and uh, he yeah, had the yellow and red clothes. I think the current look, he's bald now. Is he? Yes. Oh, he has his hair now, and, and he wears the Juggernaut. He's like Juggernaut-Colossus oh. hybrid now, I believe, which is kind of weird. For I me, like the classic For stuff, me, too. one of the biggest thrills out of all the X-Men movies was, I believe it was an X2, when Colossus... You knew he was Colossus because he was kind of a Russian character, but he finally, for a brief moment turns into the the metal guy and just seeing that was really cool did you always play colossus in the uh camcom game uh no no i was probably wolverine yeah wolverine or cyclops cyclops was lame the arcade game yeah i love that arcade game you can get that now in the iTunes store and play it on your phone. Is it really it available on... on the iTunes store? It most definitely is. Can... My other iPad, I had it on there, but I don't have it on this one. You can get it um, for the PlayStation. You can download it. Dylan and I did, and we played through it, and I was like, was this really all it was? Like, it's <laughs> so like the simple. same board four times in a row. I was like, is this really what it, it was? It is the same game as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It's that also close to the Simpsons, kind of. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. same side-scroller. Yep. We would play that game, my sister and I. So, we got into the X-Men um when we i was about like nine years old and the, was, this your, was this your first uh knowledge of the x-men yeah um, your first experience first experience Terrible. um you should be fired <laughs> i love that. Uh, the the saturday morning cartoon was on and my sister and i had watched it and I think my dad was really geeked out that we were watching the X-Men because it was something that he had loved growing up. And so he was like, well, you know, there's, a, you know, a comic book of this. I'll take you to the comic book store. So my sister and I were all excited. My dad took us to the comic book store, which we lived in a very small town. So it was just this little dinky family-run comic book store. As most of them are. As most of them are. It was really it was really good, though. I, I really enjoyed that comic store. I miss it. Um, <clears throat> we, we decided, we sort of split up the titles. Who would get what title? Because we only had so much money being 9 and 12 years old. And, um, and on the way out, there was the Camcom 
X-Men. Uh, Capcom. Capcom, whatever. Hey, who's Grammar Police Wait, now? now? Just trying to help. Where were you on that? She's a guest. I heard it that time and the first time she said it, but I let it go. I let it go the first time. <laughs> I'm not here for my video game I, skills. I, I'm here I'll for let, my love of the X-Men. Don't worry. So. I'll let you speak. Boop, boop, boop. Anyway. Sorry, I was flipping them off. Um, I guess sound effects really don't work <laughs> when it's a non-visual. When you hear that, that means somebody's going to be off. Um... Anyway, my sister and I would play it. So it became this ritual as we would get our allowance and then we would go to the comic book store. We would pick out our comics and then we would end the visit by playing. They had that arcade game in the comic book store. In the comic it book store. Sounds like store. the greatest comic it book was store amazing. of all time. That's Why awesome. do all comic book stores not have superhero arcade games? I don't know. I'd spend a lot more time and money there. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of both. So that's pretty awesome. Who... Who was your favorite character to play? Do you even have to ask? I want you to say. <laughs> Storm. Uh, I was yes. always Storm. If I could not be Storm, I was Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was a favorite of mine, too. He just looked cool. I always liked his look. That's yeah. one of my favorite Judas Priest songs, by the way. Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler. Yeah? Little. Is it about it, Nightcrawler, about or is it about... Isn't it? It's about... It's about... Dick. <laughs> It is about uh, like kind of a, a demon coming into town. Yeah, yeah, it's like really good. Bamfing into town? Do they? No, not bamfing. No. Just kind of arriving, and everybody doesn't like it. It's a good song. Good song. My uh, Nightcrawler was my number two. Um, <laughs> so it was always Storm, if not Storm, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was such a big fan of Nightcrawler as well as Storm that do you guys remember that when Ileana was in the X Men uh, and she had a little Banff doll that she carried around? Yeah, which was yeah. pretty much Nightcrawler. I forced my mother to make one. Wow, make because Not- I need. And my mother will tell you the story. It was like, oh, I was killing her. She'd be like, well, what about this? You know, and she'd look up some doll body or something. I'm like, no, that won't work. Like this is this nine year old dragging. Her mother around town. We went to Michael's. We did all this stuff, and I I had this vision. Did like, your mother have any doll making skills as well, or did you force that part on her? As my well? mother collected dolls, but she did not make dolls so until she was destiny. Yes, and I, I wanted to bring it tonight. And I completely forgot because oh. I still have it. This is also the same mother that made your storm costume for Halloween, she right? Is the same mom that made my. <laughs> Unforgettable storm costume. Mother of the year. Well, Mother of the have? year. Uh, just the one. one? Okay. Just the one mom. The the storm costume. If anything, she just gave me a great story to tell because at the end of the day, you would have no clue that I was storm at all. Um, because you were white. I was <laughs> because I was white. Um, so for your listeners, my storm costume was um, my aunt's. Uh, one-piece sailor uh, jumpsuit from the 70s turned inside out so you couldn't see the little blue anchors that were on it. So I'm already... That that right there, Chess, is a great base, right? Inside, inside out, out jumpsuit. <laughs> pockets flapping around in the breeze. <laughs> Superheroes don't um, need pockets. No, they don't. Um, then she took a yellow ribbon and she put it around my waist and then stapled it into a lightning bolt shape across my chest. The buttons did, were did Storm have that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the white costume Storm, she's got a yellow lightning bolt. And the Toy Biz action figure had one as well with a little and switch on her back mm-hmm. that would light up. Huh. 
And um, so the buttons, her red X buttons, we just took regular buttons, red construction paper, put an X on them. Those were there. Now here comes the icing on the cake. My mother refused to buy things when, like, for costuming if we could make it. So when it came to the white hair, I wasn't allowed to buy a white wig. I had to use my aunt's 1970 beehive blonde wig. <laughs> so I don't even have white hair at this point. I've got blonde hair. Then... I'm Italian and Irish, so I'm really pale skinned, really and feisty, really dark hair, <laughs> <laughs> that firecracker personality. Um, so my mom tried to white out my eyebrows because Storm's eyebrows sort of go up. She just took regular powder. So for the guy oh, listeners might not God. be familiar with girls' makeup, but it's just powder. It's it's not gonna cover anything, especially when you have dark. Italian eyebrows. So she put a thin coat of powder on and then proceeded to draw on two eyebrows that went up. So now I have four eyebrows, blonde beehive wig, an inside-out sailor suit with a stapled-on lightning bolt. People felt bad for me. No one knew I was torn. And, you know, I'm as white as white can be. At the time. If I could pray myself black, I would have, but it just didn't happen. Doesn't work that way. No, it didn't. It's a whole other ritual. <laughs> At the time, were you like, yes, I'm Storm, or did you realize you I was, this costume sucked? I realized it sucked, but my mom had spent so much energy. She dedicated herself. And she dedicated yeah. it, and she, I, God bless my mom, she seriously, like, I put that woman through some serious hell. Not like regular kid hell, you know, I was like a really good kid, but I was very specific in the things... <clears throat> that I needed. I needed a BAMF doll. I needed to be Storm for Halloween. And my mother... Nerd hell. Nerd hell. Oh, boy. And she did her best. Are there any other things that you did to your mom besides these two that you can relay? I was... For the Storm costume, I was probably about nine or ten. For the BAMF doll, I was probably about the same age. I probably let it go after after the BAMF doll, I think, like, it turned out as well as it could be, and the storm fiasco was just, but, so I think I let it go. I attempted, my sister and I would play X-Men, and she was always rogue, and I was always storm, so I remember, like, my parents would go out, and we would be playing, and um, we would dress up, so we were we were, we were cosplaying at a young age, <laughs> and I would wear my sister's training bra because I'm like nine. I don't need a bra at this point. I was wearing my sister's training bra and like the underwear for when the costume where Storms got it, the bikini that connects with the yellow yellow circle. And I'd run around the house flying with like a towel tied around my, like, tied around my neck. I needed to be her so badly. It wasn't even funny. Did you play? superheroes or anything, Paul? Did you dress up? Not as any X-Men because I know your love for X-Men is very, very low. My most extreme cosplay as a child is when I had to be had to be under 10. I hope I was under 10 years old. We'll find out if it was like 17. <laughs> I just had tidy whities on and with my box of Crayola markers. Uh-oh. I drew Voltron on my entire body. <laughs> I drew each limb was a lion. 
a chest, with crayon? my face with markers. With markers. With Crayola markers. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I remember standing against a full-length full mirror like, I look amazing. <laughs> I dedicated myself. And it was for no reason other than I just wanted to do it. It wasn't for Halloween. Are there any pictures of this? Event. No. I think my mom was appealed when she got home and was like, "What? What are you doing?" Just burn those markers right out too. I think mm. we need to recreate this. <laughs> There's a picture of me when I was young, when I was wearing my tidy whiteies, and I didn't use markers. Um, my mom had bingo daubers, and I used them as underarm deodorant. <laughs> I had green armpits, <laughs> and and I I do have the picture for that. Do you? Yes. That's amazing. That's hilarious. Yeah. How about need, yourself? Need to see that guy. I famously dressed up as Spider Man one day. I was staying home from school. My mom went out to get me some medicine. I wasn't that sick, but I just didn't want to go to school. So I stayed home from school, and I had a Spider Man costume. So I put on. I didn't put it all on, though. Once again, tidy whities I don't know. There's a theme here. <laughs> I have my tidy whities Spider-Man mask, gloves. <laughs> it was snowing outside, but that's okay. Spider-Man fights crime in all weather. So I opened up my window, and I had I had tied some stuff together, and I jumped out my window in the snow. <laughs> I hope the end of the story ends in pneumonia. <laughs> no, no, but I was... I forgot a crucial step to my plan to get back in because I'd done this a bunch of times before. Creeped out my window and got back, but I forgot to put, there's like a brick that I had to put there and I forgot and I panicked and I couldn't remember how to get back in the house and all the doors were locked. So I had to wait for my mom to get home and discover me outside. <laughs> Pseudo Spider-Man sitting in the snow. Upset. So, it's all kind. I guess everybody had a superhero dressing up in your underwear yeah. story. Well, now, when I came home one day, I also found Dylan dressed up as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a little kid, nor in his tiny white. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dylan will be... Um, Dylan does the characters for Marvel appearances, so okay. um, he'll get hired to be Spider-Man or Iron Man. And the very first time he was ever hired and he got the costume in the mail, I came home from work, and there's Dylan, full Spider-Man spandex, on the arm of the couch in the Spider-Man house. <laughs> he had been waiting for you <laughs> He must have been waiting for forever, just in that Spider-Man what he should have did was have one of your friends dress up. You thought it was him, and then he takes the mask off. Oh, that's pretty good. So, we kind of got sidetracked a little bit with <laughs> our uh, cosplaying. As, uh, as Ian, what's your, what's your first X-Men memory? Uh, first X-Men memory? Probably, uh, I remember going to the Phantom of the Attic. It was one of my first times going to comic book store. I had previously been getting Ninja Turtles comics and Spider-Man, stuff like that, but this was one of my first times going in and like kind of broadening, opening up my horizons, looking at all different kinds of stuff. And I walked past the DC stuff and pushed them on the ground and stepped oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now I picked up Batman and, and one of the books that I got also was uh, Uncanny X-Men. I think it was the end of the Muir Island 
run where all the X-Men at that point come back together. They had been split into X-Force and X-Factor and Uncanny X-Men. Charles Xavier, you know, not to my knowledge at that time, had been walking around for a while. He was paralyzed again, so it, it was like a real good jumping on point for somebody because everything was fresh and new. Um, I, I think that's right Right after that. They started uh, X-Men, the standalone title, mm-hmm. and I was, I was hooked. I really liked the way that all the characters interacted with each other. seemed like there was a lot of, you know, backstory that at the time seemed like maybe I could get into it. Maybe it wasn't super convoluted. So like Days uh, of Our Lives with superheroes. A little bit like that. I must have been a big uh, soap opera fan as a kid because I, I loved X-Men. So that was my first experience. And, and I really I, I liked all the characters. I loved how they looked. And I wanted, I wanted more. And at that time, Marvel was really branching out and giving you four or five different X-Men titles. Oh, month. don't worry. Don't They're they doing do that? that now. Oh, that's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, at that point, it was a little new because there was Uncanny X-Men. Then they came out with X-Men, X-Force, and X-Factor. And so it was those main titles right there, which at this point, um, if they only had four X-Books now, I'd be thankful but now there's like 15. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's really multiple bad. titles just called X-Men now. It's confusing. But then with 4 it seemed like I could manage that. I could handle all the teams. Um they they didn't overlap all that much. You mm-hmm. kind of had to read the separate stories of each one of them. So that was my first experience with X-Men. That were comics your gateway to the X-Men as well? No, probably the Secret Wars figures. Yeah, me too. Um Magneto and Wolverine were my gateway drug. Yeah, I had both of those figures and had no idea who they were or where they came from. I knew they were some kind of superheroes. <clears throat> but they fit in well with my Super Friends figures. They fit in well you mean with the Superpowers? The Superpowers super figures. Come on. Whoa. Excuse Come me. Come on. The very first episode that we did... In Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. The very first episode that we did here at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast was kind of our introduction to comic books. And for me, the Secret Wars and the Super Powers figures were kind of like the beginning. And I talked about how Wolverine was my favorite, even though I didn't know anything about him, because my older cousin told me about him. And if my cousin liked him, then I liked him. So... I was very excited to finally get Wolverine. And I thought he was a villain at first, just because I think the name Wolverine to a like a seven-year-old sounds kind of The super, evil. or the Secret Wars figures, <clears throat> they're the ones that came with the lenticular shields. Yes. And there was a Doc Ock with those, too, wasn't there? Was, there was, yep. Yeah, I had a handful of those. I have no idea where they came from. I just remember having them. Probably KB Toys, Children's Palace. I don't remember... I don't remember buying them or getting them. I just remember having, having them. Maybe they were like, I have distinct memories of like getting Star Wars figures or Transformers, but even the even the superpowers figures, that stuff just seemed to show up. Yeah. Delivered to your doorstep. Go out there. I actually remember Amazon box was there. It just appeared. <laughs> I remember hey, that's pretty Luther. vividly. <laughs> I remember getting those pretty vividly actually. Yeah. I, I remember the very first superpowers figure I got was Batman. I never had a Batman superpowers figure. It was uh, so good. It was uh, still, to this day, a fairly nice-looking figure. 
I had Superman and I had Robin for some reason, but no Batman. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> your, mo- your dad was confused. He was on just like, ah, these guys go together. Superman and the Boy Wonder. <laughs> if anybody would have known, my dad would have known. But yeah, your dad's a nerd. Yeah, yeah. But I guess. Steve. I know. He, he would have known. I can't blame it on him. I can't blame it on my mom either. She would have known. It was just me. I was in the store and I was just like, this guy. You were, yeah, you were like, I want this. This Robin guy has cool shorts. And your dad's like, no, 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 Ian, are you sure? You don't want Batman and Robin? You're like, no. Oh. I want this kid with underpants on because that's what I wear in the winter. <laughs> They always had those cool capes with the little ring on them, and the the ring was a, it was so fucking thick. <laughs> it was thick. Like if you clipped it on your finger, it would turn blue. Like that's how heavy duty the and the cape the cape collar. The was. cape itself would like curl up on itself, <laughs> so that way it looked like they were wearing like a table runner on their back. <laughs> but those were still great. Great figures. The Secret Wars guys were pretty cool too. They were there were no, no cloth capes. No cloth capes because because did, Marvel heroes don't have capes. Did they have plastic capes? Because I had Doctor Doom, but did he have a cape? I forget. He did have a plastic cape. Yeah, I had I had him, and he was he was cool. I had Spider Man, black suit Spider Man, and I think I had Captain America and, and Iron Man. I think I had the whole bunch of them. I, they had a Daredevil. Who had a red face. They painted his face red. Even lazy as shit. Even his exposed skin. Yes. But it was it was like a lighter red than the rest of it. But I guess the people in Taiwan or China thought that he was a devil. devil we make the whole thing red. Yeah, he was a devil. What were the figures? I don't think I had those ones. I had just the regular figures that was storm cyclops toy biz the toy biz ones those yeah. are the ones are those i the had ones that were tied into the cartoon no no they came out they were the where cartoon. like cyclops was wearing his x-factor uniforms so um, oh i had any of the light up back. the light up backpack and then his lights went and then storm was in her black costume with the lightning bolt she was really hard to find now then you did ask me if my mom if i've tortured my mom with anything else i tortured yeah. my mom into finding me a storm because when we got into the figures those were the original mm-hmm. five so we looked high and low for a storm and couldn't find her anywhere i actually my mom called the company that made the dolls to beg them if they could mail us a storm. Really? And they wow. told us that they were discontinued. Wow. So I was crushed. My school, my soul was broken because I could not get my storm action figure. And we went to a comic book store by my grandmother's house. And um, they had her hanging up on the wall. And I lost my shit. And I <laughs> like, tears, full-blown waterworks. This is where I It must I'm have in. been a million dollars it for that It was $60. Holy shit! $60 for this storm. Even now, I would be like, ugh, 60 bucks. My mom, I saved up money. My mom put in the other half. We got Storm. Wow. And I played with that $60 action figure. Do you the still cows have it? Came home. I still have it. Do you really? Um, but awesome, it's worth man. five bucks. So, we really lost a lot of money on that investment. <laughs> What's it worth now that it's out of the package? Uh, probably about one. <laughs> because those female action figures, they were like one per box. Even nowadays, I would imagine mm-hmm. that they're really short-packed, impossible to find. I remember my little sister won a Catwoman from Batman Returns yeah. so bad. And my mom spent 
months looking for that and just happened to stumble upon it at like hills or something one day. Oh, but I remember hills. That's where the toys are. I think my first That's, that is my first real are. exposure to the X Men was probably the nineties cartoon. But that was more in my, my brother's wheelhouse. I think by the time that came out I was already a little bit of an advanced adolescent age. So I was already kind of getting out of playing with toys and that kind of stuff. So you were in I, your candle box phase. Of, <laughs> yeah, 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 right about then. So they're I, very much like the X Men. They yeah. were to to a point. So like I I never had the, any kind of sentimentality connected to the X Men. Like yeah. I've I've read a bunch of X Men comics over the years. I'm buying the current X Men run, but I don't have any real emotional attachment to to a lot of those characters. And I don't, I don't know if that's because I didn't read the comics like you guys when I was that age or, or what, but you didn't read the comics back then either. No. But are you a big X-Men fan now? No, I'm not a big X-Men fan. I like them, I respect them, and I've wanted to get into them probably time and time again over the last, how long have I been buying comic books? Three years. For the last three years, I wanted to get into the X-Men, and there just hasn't been, up until recently, a quality jumping on point. Now, it's kind of my fault right now, because I kind of fell off the wagon, but I did read the first three issues of the Brian Wood X-Men, and then I fell behind because of the, what was it again, the, uh... Battle Adam, of the Atom. Battle yeah, Battle of the, of the Atom. Atom just totally anytime, it. Anytime they have crossovers, that's the big thing that seems to derail X-Books, which is ironic because I think that was the big moneymaker back in the early the early 90s, late 80s with the Mutant Massacre. Mm. Uh, is Mutant Massacre the same as Fall of the Mutants, or is that different? Mm, it, might be the, it might be the same thing. It might be the same thing. They, X-Men, for as much as I love them, they are notorious for regurgitating the same storyline over and over oh, yeah. and over and over again. Which so is, the answer, any number of them. I mean, they don't regurgitate just one storyline over again. I mean, Professor X has been killed off, or brought back to life, or crippled, the umbrella. or back in the uh, wheelchair so many times. The umbrella of that is probably convoluted storytelling. Yeah. I was reading... Sounds like a comic book if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I it's like the most comic book... Of comic books, <laughs> yeah. because it has all that bad stuff attached to it, as well as, you know, the great things other, that we all love. Know, other characters and, you know, teams do that, but I feel like the X-Men is just so, like, steeped in itself, and there's just so many layers to dig through. Yeah. Just reading Rachel Summers' bio before we started recording tonight, my nose started to bleed, <laughs> because it was so complex. I always feel bad when anybody asks me a question about the X-Men or or we're on the podcast and there's a question that comes up about a storyline or a particular character and sure maybe it's my fault but I think it has a lot to do with the X-Men are fucking confusing it just is there's a lot that goes into each character they've all died they've gone to the future and come back they have a son who isn't really their son but it's their daughter for an alternate universe there's all that crap with every single character so speaking of uh, the time travel characters the, the two that off the top of my head that come to mind would be Cable, Cable and Bishop. Bishop tell me the difference between Cable and Bishop um 
crappy and crappier. I hate Ooh. Cable Ambition. I hate, I hate, I hate Cable Ambition. Why do you hate Cable Ambition? I think the storyline is asinine. I've never really been um, a huge Scott and Jean fan, and, you know, Cable's you know, the so, mutant that's gonna do all the He's like the Jesus of the X-Men or he's like meant to do all this stuff for those and he's out there, horrible. For those out there that don't know, Cable is Cyclops and Jean Grey's son from the future who's supposed to save the future from dystopian reality. Oh my god, he's John Connor. Yeah. Yes. With a bright, shiny eyeball. Yeah. Well, that's because Rob, it's, it's John Connor... By Rob Liefeld. Why is he, why does he have the glowing eye? Because Rob Liefeld created him. Some yeah, stupid futuristic character, and they thought that that was be, cool. Because it was 1992, and everybody had to be badass. But is there a, a, I think it's a is there uh, a rationalized retcon that gives that eyeball purpose? I think it's 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 um part of part of his uh um. Machismo, not his machismo. His, his um, his body is made is part. Uh, He's like part android because Damn. he was whatever. He's part of phone. <laughs> part he was infected with some kind of virus yeah. by apocalypse, and he was dying. And to save him before the virus, the they you know bio virus, they had to <laughs> send him into the future, and and then he came back. Wait, so he. He was born in the future. He, no, and he, then he was dying, and they sent him. No, 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 he was no, born. He was born in, in the in now. Now, he was kidnapped by apocalypse. He was given some kind of techno bio virus that started, you know, adding itself onto his body. That sent up his machismo. Yes, turning him into that lady from Superman three. Oh, you don't want that to happen to your kid, do you? False brainiac. <laughs> so, in order to save him. They had to give him to some warrior from the future mm-hmm. who took him to the future. Who was and the then warrior? He came I, I, I forgot. Kyle Reese. It was Kyle <laughs> Reese. Um, I don't remember her name off the top of Worst my Worst actor I've ever seen. Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Terrible. Watch him in the trailer for Thanksgiving and you'll feel the exact same way. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't Bishop also have a shiny eye? Or does he just no, have a scar? No, he's got the scar M over the one eye. Because he's a mutant, and that's how they're the branding mutants the with a... And he and com- he comes back to... I feel because- like Richard Sherman could play Bishop in the... How <laughs> dare In the next X-Men movie. He'd be calling, like, Shatterstar out for being a mediocre that's right. character. He'd say, I'm the best mutant in the game. That's true. He came back because there was a traitor that killed... Charles Xavier, and he had to find that traitor. It was Gambit. It was Gambit. Spoilers. Look out. No one's probably heard that. That was so quiet. It's, it's, how is it a spoiler? Like it happened forever ago. Who's gone to sleep behind microphone? <laughs> She's not allowed to talk. Our studio audience isn't allowed to talk. For those playing at home, Ginger's sitting in with us today. Do, do you want to say hi? Hello. See, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, the reason I, they always built up Cable like he was going to do all this, he's going to save mutant kind and he's this amazing, awesome thing. And then, like, every time they show him, he's like, I don't see what's so impressive Didn't about him. Did he have a him. rat tail, too? No. He didn't have a rat tail. 
Shatterstar uh. did have a rat tail, uh. though. And he had... Did Shatterstar have a shiny eyeball, too? I don't yes. remember. Yes. Okay. Wasn't it no hair What's out of the figure? No, that was decomposed from Inhumanoids, but you've been paying attention. Shatterstar <laughs> <laughs> uh, had, like, he didn't have a rat tail, he had, like, a, a mullet. But the mullet part, the party in the back was a ponytail, right? Sure. Is it? it I'm looking Longshot? it up, but is that is it important? Longshot had a mullet. Longshot. Longshot. Had a I don't know anything about these characters. Longshot's from a completely different universe. He's from Mojo World. Yeah. Is he an X Man? An X Man? Longshot was an X Man. Longshot. Longshot was an X Man during that phase of X Men where their powers were really ridiculous and they were all just sort of like really flashy. And they're like like Jubilee's powers. Yeah, Jubilee is like Dazzler, and Dazzler was on the team when Longshot was on the team. Longshot's power is he's got good luck. Like, really, they didn't really try hard to come up with that power. Like, shit, we need another power. I wouldn't mind having that power. He's gonna have good luck. I don't know how they wrote that character for so long with he had good Good luck. Good luck. A problem with the X-Men is that there are too many. When you start making characters... That are lucky, and as much as I love her, Jubilee shoots fireworks at people. Well, now her power is like completely different. So I jumped. Well, out she's of, a vampire. She's like now a vampire too. now. Yeah, I know. And I'm but like, you never see her do any vampire stuff, which would be the only saving grace for that character. I know, right? Which I, vampire stuff you want to see her do? I want to see her like bite someone's throat out. But she still wears a yellow jumpsuit, and she's bright and sparkly. And does like she throws confetti fireworks? At yeah. There's a um, uh, miniseries Wolverine and Jubilee, the miniseries where she turns into a vampire, where she kills an entire uh, brigade of people by biting their necks in vampire mode. So maybe I'll I'll, I'll let you check that out. So Can't you can wait. Get your vampire <laughs> Jubilee fix on. So so far, Darcy and Ian seem to be our X Men fans on the podcast. A- a- experts. Uh, no? <laughs> That's the last one. <laughs> I was at work today laughing hysterically about how bad that was going to be. Twice. Matt and I are a little more lukewarm on the X-Men. Yeah. So, since Darcy and Ian are the bigger fans, when the first X-Men movie came out, was it cause for celebration? Or was it like, oh, fuck, here we go. Celebration. Celebration. You were with me. Right, but I don't have that tie to the X-Men. I was like, eh, I'll check it out. Maybe I'll like this group of losers now. Oh, That was before you liked comic books, right? That was before you liked yeah. comic books. Because yeah. that was in 2000. That was before I showed him the ways of comic book them. Took him down the path. That's true. Said, Come on with me, little guy. <laughs> We're going to go to the store. You free candy? <laughs> Get in this van. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I was crazy excited. When my sister and I got into the X-Men, the rumor was going around that... Uh, uh, God, Patrick Stewart was going to, I was going to call him by his uh, Star Trek name. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard was up for like, That's not his name. What's his real name? You should have just we, went for it. <laughs> well, we were big 
Star Trek fans too, like at that age. So we love. We're like Captain Picard's gonna be Professor X. Like we heard that rumor, and that rumor held on from 1991 for nine years until they finally popped out the X Men movie, and we were so excited. And the only thing that upset me dearly was Halle Berry ruined the love of my life. Sorry, Dylan. Was it, <laughs> was it because she wasn't edgy enough for you? There wasn't enough screen time? What what Was it her? Was it the writing? Um, I think it was her and the writing. Yeah. Um, I think Storm is this character. I don't keep meaning to pull this back to Storm. It's just that's what you get when you ask me to do an X-Men podcast. Did you get me Whose worrying idea about was this? Storm? Yours. Um... Storm Storm was the leader of the X-Men without her powers. Storm had a mohawk, kicked ass. She was a hardcore bitch. She was a goddess. You can she swear on this from. podcast. So, I will next time. I'm sorry. Um, so then you get Halle Berry and she acts all timid. She's like, it's just like, you know, her hard, hardest core line is, what happens to toads when they get struck by lightning? The same thing as everything else. Did, she, did she deliver it like Glinda? She did. She did a little bit. And I wanted to jump into the movie and bitch slap her. Um, they just should have gotten an unknown. She did that with her. her really shitty accent. Yeah. Which miraculously was, she lost in between X-Men, X-Men 1 two. and X-Men 2. It was like the, they told her, yeah, this is... African queen, and she was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to do pseudo-British. Is that cool with everybody? Yeah. All right, let and me like, do that. And they're like, yeah, it's Halle Berry. All right, right whatever. She wants to do. How did she win an Oscar? I don't know. You ever see Monsters Ball? Yeah. I don't know either. This <laughs> 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 is pretty uh, shitty. Good joke. So, but anyway, but I was really excited about the X-Men movie. Um, did it live up to your expectations? It did live yeah. up to my your expectations. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul missed it. Paul missed it. He wasn't paying attention. I bored him with Storm. Expectations. Come on. <laughs> he should have just kept going. <laughs> I wish I could travel back in time to w- be in the theater with you when Halle Berry delivered that line to watch you just lose your shit, throw popcorn at people. Yeah, I was mad. I was mad. That line never bothered me all that bad. Like, people fucking hate it. Not, I'm okay. It's all right. It's, it's not that a bad. pretty stupid line. It is a horrible line. It's pretty. It's pretty rough. As you're about to take out a bad guy and you say something like really cool to him right before I, you kill him, that's like the lamest thing you can say. Yeah. She should have probably just given him the bird and then. Yeah, I'd have been like, "Fuck you, Tope." Like that that's Spider-Man. Been, I don't know. And you could get away with that because they didn't say "fuck" in that movie. At any other time, and that would have been their one fuck for the PG thirteen yeah. movie. Is that the rule? One fuck, one PG? fuck in PG thirteen, but does... it cannot be in a sexual context. Wow! Really? How do wow! You know? How does, do you does know Wolverine's that? one blade up to Cyclops count? No. Does he say fuck? No, he just flips him off. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that's fine. He does say "get the fuck out of here" or something in X Men First Class. And that was their one. Uh, fuck off. Oh, uh, or doesn't he say fuck off? Fuck off, whatever. When they come yeah. to sit and At convince him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was never, I never really gave a crap about the X-Men. You mean but when that movie came fuck? out, I never gave a fuck about the X-Men. Because we get unlimited swears 
on the podcast. <laughs> but once I saw that movie, I was like, all right, I kind of like these guys. And it was the first time I had ever had any positive thoughts about Wolverine. Up until then, it was always, Wolverine's so badass, Wolverine's so great, we're going to put him in every book. He's awesome. He's just uh, like the Oh, you hate blah, him blah, because blah. he was popular. And I was like, holy shit. Nah. Am I fucking sick of this I'm going to be with Paul on this one. I always got sick growing up that Wolverine was like the one that everybody loved. I'm like... That's because he's cool. Yeah, but there are a lot of cool There's a X-Men lot of really cool X-Men. But everything always gets focused on Wolverine. Not unlike DC with Batman. But I was just so sick Maybe it's because his characters are the coolest characters in their universes. I, Wolverine now isn't even Wolverine. Who is like, he? Wolverine now is like a just completely different character. Doesn't it depend what book you're reading? Well, in regular X-Men, the new one where he's running the X-Men, he's all like... He's Professor Logan. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, really he relaxed. He cares early. about them and... Oh, what I'm in, I love you, Jubilee, and we're like, and I'm just like, this isn't Wolverine. What the hell happened to Wolverine? Yeah, it is weird how they how they chose to write Wolverine after Schism, where they broke the two X Men teams apart, and I think they ruined both Wolverine's character and Cyclops's character as well. I know you stated that you didn't like Cyclops all that much. I I really liked the Joss Whedon version of Cyclops. I thought he was cool. Without his powers, he was still a great character. I don't hate Cyclops. I just... I just never got on the Cyclops, Jean Grey, Parents of the Savior bandwagon. I mean, they were both cult characters. Like, I like when, you know, the whole Dark Phoenix saga I was a huge fan of. Um, I just... I don't know. They just were never the ones that captivated me the most. I liked Cyclops. I think I think I probably liked Cyclops just because no one else seemed to like Cyclops. He was always getting shit on. Even in the X-Men movies, he gets shit on. And then, in, was at the beginning of X3, they kill him in yeah. like the first ten minutes. And they don't really let you know that he's dead until mm-hmm. they're having a funeral halfway through. And they're like, oh yeah, he's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Floating glasses means you're dead. Yep. Uh, X-Men 3. X-Men 1 was awesome, amazing. They finally brought the X-Men to real life and, or, you know, they brought it to the big screen and I love it and I just got lost in it. X-Men 2 came out my mind was blown. That movie was amazing. Um, it's better than they, X, the I, first one. I thought that Halle Berry as Storm without the accent was a lot more tolerable than she, she was, was much more. One. Yeah, she was much more tolerable in X-Men and X2. Um, and then all of a sudden they lost their shit on the third one. The third one, they were just like, ah, we don't know what to do. Well, the third one had a different director. It was directed by Brett Ratner, who I think his claim to fame was Rush Hour or something. Yeah, it, uh, it is. It, I don't like, know why uh, they would have... Yeah, okay, Brian Singer makes really good X-Men movies. I know. Let's follow it up with the guy that made Rush Hour. Well, what was going on? I thought he was signed really on for something else. He signed on for Superman. He was he was the director for the Superman movie. That was really the movie that he wanted to do. And I think originally Brett Ratner was in the running for that Superman movie as well. And when he didn't get that, the studios, I guess, decided that to go with, with him. Luck. Yeah, yeah. If only they would have just switched and we could have just ruined the Superman franchise, whatever, and get me another good X-Men movie, I would have been happy with Did that. Did Brett Ratner 
ruin it by himself, or was there a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on, like, we need to get this character in and this character and make this happen? I'm sure, it, I'm sure it wasn't Did it have, a like, solo Spider-Man 3 syndrome? Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't a solo job. I'm sure that everybody had an equal hand in, you know, because Brett Ratner didn't write that movie. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, you know, killed all those characters, smashed all those other characters into the movie at once. Too many, too many characters. It was like a microcosm of the X Men universe. Too many characters doing too many things at once. So Alan Cummings' Nightcrawler was introduced in X Two, correct? And that's and he wasn't in X Three, right? No, he mm-hmm. wasn't. No. So he only had one amazing portrayal of Nightcrawler yeah. in one movie, and that was it. Yeah. Was his Nightcrawler like the comics Nightcrawler? Wasn't that I always felt the comics Nightcrawler was a lot younger and sillier? Yeah. But he, Alan Cummings was a little more reserved and serious. Alan, they are two very different characters. I think that he still did an amazing job bringing the character to life. It is, a, in my opinion, a very different take on the character. Um, so yeah, in the in he's much more of a jokester in the comics. Always joking around. Always light hearted. Um, swashbuckling, swashbuckling is like that's what people the term they use for Nightcrawler constantly is yeah. swashbuckling yeah he um, he 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 was like just I, one of my favorite issues ever is there's a uh, one where Kitty Pride's telling Ileana a story and she's everyone becomes like a fairy tale character and he's just this like crazy little like guy that's running around with them and um you know it's it, it's just so funny how she, in the storytelling in that issue how they really narrow in on the aspects of everyone's personalities in this fun character kind of way um so i, I always really enjoyed that issue a lot and he's not going to be in days of future past either not to my knowledge. Because they couldn't, they couldn't recast him. Yeah, no. Alan Cumming, uh, currently on our stu- one of our studio audience's favorite shows, The Good Wife. Ah. I do love that show. Uh, from what I understand, he's not going to be in Days of Future Past because Halle Berry is involved in it. And she got Cyclops fired, too. That fucking bitch! Uh, that's what I'm saying! <laughs> I hate you, Halle Berry! I hate you from the bottom of my soul! Fuck, you fucking wow. bitch. You ruined Storm. You ruined James Marsden. got rid of Cyclops. You got rid of Alan Cumming because you are a prima donna. Go back to being fucking horrible Catwoman and leave Storm to somebody else. No, leave Catwoman alone too, bitch. Matt, what? why don't you tell us why Hugh Jackman was a terrible casting for Wolverine? How tall is Wolverine in the comic books? Very short. Five foot three. How tall is Hugh Jackman? Seven feet tall. Very tall. Seven and a half feet tall, sir. Ooh. That is just Very too close. tall to be Wolverine. That is like casting Michael Clark Duncan, if he were still alive, as Kingpin. As one of the munchkins from Wizard of Oz. It just doesn't work. Why don't we use your theory about Kingpin, the, the version that you guys want to create, on Wolverine... CG teeny tiny Wolverine, and and that'll be fine, right? Maybe, that'll work just maybe like CG fucking Kingpin Hugh that Jackman you guys want. Six two. Yes, I know. He's a foot taller than Wolverine. 
it's it, it just do you think that the performance doesn't outweigh that height difference it does but wouldn't you say that you could get an equally great performance from a shorter actor, and you get both. But who's the, the only other short actor in Hollywood? Is Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Do you want Tom Cruise? Horrible. Hey, Peter Dinklage is great in Game of Thrones. Oh. Danny oh. DeVito could have probably. Oh. Oh. Come on now, that's inexcusable. Oh, oh God, this keeps getting worse. So, yeah, I do have a problem with the size. Uh, differential between Hugh Jackman and what I believe Wolverine should be. do you just take it personally because you're a short man? I say it with love. (laughs) Yes. Was was Wolverine going to be your champion? Yeah. And then they're like, you know, fuck that. We're not going to cast the shorter guy. We're going to get 6'2 Hugh Jackman. In the first X-Men movie, you see the the X-Men kind of slinking along, sneaking into the whatever it was, the Statue of Liberty, and you see all five of them, whatever it is, and you see Hugh Jackman towering <laughs> over Cyclops as they're making their way, and it looks ridiculous. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you could do CGI, but the, here's the the way that oh, I look so at CGI. <laughs> yes, you can make characters bigger or smaller, but you would do that when you can't, get an actual human being to be a certain size. So, like, you have the dwarves in Lord of the Rings that not only are they shorter, but they're also misproportioned as, like, human beings. So you have to, like, shrink them and... Stop like Yeah, you have to, like, put fake appendages and things on them to make so them So you want to do this part. with your Wolverine? No, what I'm saying is Wolverine is, like, a short man. I mean, you can find an actual human being that is short... Tom Cruise. There are... That's really your only option in Hollywood. Unless... Hold on. If you want to grow the button chops out, bulk up a little bit, just a little bit, we'll send you out to Hollywood. You think I can play Wolverine? Wolverine. It's going to be a different kind of Wolverine. you got to get the flock of seagulls. I think you can do that. If you take your hat off today, you can show us That's what we're going to do at the break. At the break, we're going to get your hair to be like a flock of seagulls. Darcy, there is no break tonight. Oh, there's no break tonight. No. We're going straight through. We'll just just do it right now. We'll do it while we're podcasting. We'll do the hair. I think you can have the the facial hair. You have the features. What features? The the grizzled uh, good looks. uh, Is Wolverine a handsome man? The hint of danger in your eye. How's your Canadian accent? Scott Kahn is a tiny guy. And he may have been able to do Wolverine. Who's Scott Kahn? Because he even has Wolverine-ish hair in Hawaii 5 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Kahn's son, Hawaii 5 Okay. Also, Varsity Blues. Anyway, you don't have to go from... Robert Downey Jr.'s 5'7". He's a little guy. Yeah, but aren't we talking little, littler? For Wolverine, isn't Wolverine littler? I don't know how much littler than that you're going to get. We want to get realistic. We want to get Wolverine style. How tall are you? 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do Jack Black? No. Also, why, why does it have to short? be a known actor out of Hollywood? Like That's how, why we're casting you! How well... Right. <laughs> How well known was Hugh Jackman when he got the role as Wolverine? He wasn't known at all. Right. 
I, so you don't have to go well known. You don't, but I think and he did a fine job with, as Wolverine. And I, I, we've talked about it probably 30 times on, on the McSauce comic book podcast, but... Because you hate him. I don't hate him. I love Hugh Jackman, and I love his enthusiasm to be Wolverine. I just think that usually his involvement is somewhat mediocre. So how long... Like, the movies. I, I think that... Well, X-Men 1, X-Men 2 are really good. X-Men 3 is not. I thought Origins wasn't very good, and The Wolverine was pretty good. Regardless of Hugh Jackman's height, he has embodied yeah. that character. Yes, he's he has. He's been the only guy to play him in film, and he's done it in like seven movies. It would be hard at this including point little cameos. to imagine anybody else playing Wolverine. Because so, of Hugh Jackman's height discrepancy to the real Wolverine, the comic book version, the original Wolverine. They went back and they created Ultimate Wolverine in the Ultimate line, who is actually six foot tall. Wolverine so how, in the Ultimate line is not Wolverine's not the only one that's been changed because of the movie franchise. There's a black they, Nick Fury now. True. Nick Fury Jr. Technically not really. But I sort of felt like so. Wolverine's height. That's what he is. He's Nick Fury Jr. I believe Jr. Yeah. that Nick, Fury, Nick Fury's height, that Wolverine's height is are one of the defining aspects of that character. Because he has little man syndrome. That's why he's so, he's so kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, uh, Sabretooth always razzes him about his being a little man and everything. And, and, and he's like, that's not a little guy. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> See, you look at my claws. <laughs> there. This is the audition tape. It is. We're sending this. How, how long after Hugh Jackman hangs up the claws before they can recast them as someone else? Well, if it's Sony, they're going to do it in about five minutes, just like they do with Spider-Man. Rebooted every what? Every every year. Hopefully, it's not somebody with a big ass head like the current Spider-Man. It doesn't seem like they're gonna. It doesn't seem like they're gonna reboot Spider-Man anytime soon. These guys, these guys are looking like they've got the next fifteen years of movies planned in this Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Wait until they shit the bed in the third movie, like as we discussed. I think last every movie franchise ever. Right. So they'll have a big diarrhea of a movie in the third one, and then the. Everybody will say Andrew Garfield needs to be killed, and and Mark Webb needs to, you know, he ruined Spider-Man. Him and Joel Schumacher ruined my favorite childhood characters. And George Lucas, don't forget. And George him. Lucas, fuck that guy too. So since Brett Ratner and um, who's the other guy? Got the Superman Returns. Brian Singer. Since Brett Ratner and Brian Singer flipped projects between X Three and Superman Returns. Which movie is better, Quick Vote, Superman Returns, or X3? Darcy, go. I'm going to say Superman. Superman. Wait, are you, is your name Darcy? I was just, she looked like she needed you, time. You think. even skipped over me. She looked like or she needed Paul, time. You would have been. Yeah, I mean, you weren't clockwise or counterclockwise. <laughs> I jumped. I was excited. <laughs> you were what? Excited! <laughs> So, Darcy, you said Superman Returns. Superman Returns. Matt. Superman. Ian. Yeah. Well, now that it's your turn. Superman. I agree. Superman. Ginger? Superman. Ginger says Superman. Wow, X-Men 3 was a steaming pile of of excrement. Oh! oh! 
Are there any things that we would change about X3 that could have made that movie better? Just small things. Oh, small things. Small only. things. Yeah, like any <laughs> way that we could edit it a little bit. Write the whole thing. I yeah. feel like the movie had a lot going on, and it was a very short movie. It was only like an hour and 40 minutes for the amount of shit that was going down there and being an, an X-Men, an ensemble cast. Those are the kind of movies that should be a little over two hours they at should least. Have- just focused on either the Dark Phoenix storyline or the other storyline with the kid that they had to go rescue. I don't even remember. Like, yeah. they, just pick one or the other. One, one or the other. I felt like, and maybe maybe it's because I'm just not that familiar with X Men mythology, but I, I felt like the first two movies, I was like, all right, I kind of know these guys. I've heard of Toad. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of some of these other other guys, but with X three. I was like, who the fuck are these people? Because they changed them all. Like, the guy that has, like, the, the blowfish guy. And even though Pyro is in every movie, I have never seen that dude in a comic book. I mean, I've, I've looked him up, but I've never been going... I've never he was in the arcade game, comic, right? Yeah. And seen him. Yeah, he's in... But in X3, it, just, it seemed like there were tons of characters. I was like, I have no idea who these people they, are. They took... They took... Things from very well-known X-Men storylines and ass-raped them till they could be ass-raped no more. They 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 took you know they they have you know Calypso's not even Calypso and who's who was Calypso the chick that looked like a dude or Dania Ramirez? I think it was the chick that looked like like a dude dude. because that's what Calypso is in the books. She's, uh, She's transgender. No, she's just she just, very she just looks masculine. like a hardcore like eighties rocker biker gotcha. kick your ass kind of chick. Looks like you she know? could lead a squadron of underground um, mutants. Yeah, um, but they 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 and like Morrow was like a completely different character. Morrow was like a guy. Sandwiched the Joss Whedon gifted uh, storyline yeah, in, in there with the cure for mutation. Mm-hmm. So it was they took a bunch of different things, mashed them up, made no sense. Was it was just bad, and they didn't give everything enough screen time either. So I, I don't know why they did it the way they did it, but I think I think cool. part of the reason that I, I never I never really got into the X Men is because they they're like self loathing. A lot of them. Not all of them. 
But if I get superpowers, fuck yes. But when I read an X-Men book, there's always this faction of X-Men that are like, Oh, I hate having powers. This sucks. That's because Everyone some of their powers me. are tragic. Yeah, some of the powers suck. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, Rogue, you can't touch anybody, but you can do whatever else the fuck you want. Go but do you it. All, if you but couldn't you can, bone anybody, you, you would be, would be miserable. Son of a bitch. Don't even pretend that you wouldn't be. She can still take care of her own business. If you could if never you have couldn't... sex again, you're telling me you'd be fine with that. If you couldn't just shake somebody's hand, <laughs> we're weighing this against any superpower I would want. No, 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 no. Well, these people didn't pick their mutations. That's what happened yeah, to them. And like, that's why... What if you were skin? Yeah, you had 12 feet of skin, extra skin. Or the bird guy from Morrison's run. I'd just kill myself. What if you just had good luck? What if you could die? <laughs> I can handle good luck. Yeah, what if you couldn't die like a certain six-foot-tall... Like Vandal Savage from DC? Yes. Then... Yeah, some people know. I'm not smart enough to be um, immortal. I'd wind up being in jail the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the point. They couldn't pick. They they can't pick who they are, and that's why I I, I can't do it. I I can't do woe is me heroes. <sighs> the realism of it's too great for you. Then the whole world hates them. So, you know, like... Okay. Why do, you, why do they care what other people think? <laughs> Be your own person, x <laughs> You sound like the Brotherhood. Uh, yeah. That's you who would be, right. be Magneto. Paul, if you could have any mutant power, what mutant power? If you got the luxury of picking, what would you pick? Because that's how mutation works. That's <laughs> how it works. Is there a, is there a super X-Man? What? Like Superman? Is there an X-Men with Superman's powers? No. That can fly. I mean, like... With all of Superman's powers? No. No. Just, how about just flight and invulnerability? Cannon, cannonball. Rogue? Whatever, he's flying. Rogue. But Rogue Ms. Marvel. She's not a mutant. No, but that's where Rogue got it from, so... So really, that's not even a mutant power, so you can't pick Rogue. Right. Storm? She can fly, right? She's, she's not, not vulnerable. vulnerable. But she can control the weather, so we wouldn't no, have all this storm's snow. Storm's not bad. Storm's not bad. I think I would pick Nightcrawler, because he can teleport. I think that but would be But you have really... to have a tail and be blue as well. And Actually, German. I'm already uh, German. Yeah. <laughs> You're already there. And I think being blue would be kind of cool. And there would be, there would... would be a faction of chicks out there Hell that would yes. want up on that. Give me that well, little also blue be guy covered with the in tail. Fur. That's right. And I would <laughs> teleport fur. right in. It's well, fur. Yeah. Like, isn't that. it fur? Yeah, I can shave You that. know where they're going to yeah, want that tail? Sh- Uh-oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, X-Power? Uh, I was going to say shoot fireworks because that sounds a lot. <laughs> like, like you a would lot come in so oh, handy oh, on New Year's and the 4th of What's July. Her name? She's in the current X-Men book. Um, Psylocke? No, she's oh, the, the French chick. That's who I'd want. She's yeah. Superman's power. Jubilee's uh, arch nemesis. I always forget what her name is. She was in Gen X that. with yeah. Jubilee. I forget who that person Monroe is. Monroe? Monroe? Men, something like that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I think. You want Superman's powers. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Ian, did you pick one? Um, You're boring, Ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know, man. I always think that, uh, like, the psychic powers would be pretty cool. Oh, those would be good, but too. But I'd have to... I'd be real devious and be changing people's yeah, but you, memories that's like, and um, their thoughts. Similar to a Jedi, right? Like, you'd have... Yeah. You could levitate shit and do yeah. the Jedi... The X-Men mind trick on people. I think I'd be Psylocke. Be a badass ninja. Is that a mutant power? Hot chick. Ninja-ness? No, I think she's Her just a badass. Bionic ninja. eyeballs. Yeah, you don't. You and, don't get that. The, all you get is the. Well, okay. All you get is the psychic sword. Well, I'll, I'll do the psychic sword too. That, that'll be good. I like that. If I only get that, that'll be fine. All right, Dars. It can't be Storm. Actually, surprisingly, I would not pick Storm or Nightcrawler's powers, no? even though they are my favorite. I think I would actually go with Kitty Pride's phasing ability. Ah, that's a good one. I feel like that would come in handy a lot. What kind of things would you do? Because my mind goes instantly to all the horrible bad things that I would want to do with my powers. Um, I would probably do some bad shit. I won't. I won't pretend that yeah. I would be like this honest, upstanding citizen. I'd probably walk into some rich person's home who <laughs> maybe didn't deserve all the shit that they had, and you know, ease their burden a little bit. Um, Look out, Hugh Jackman. Hey, look out, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I sneak into Halle Berry's house. Yeah, that's her. You tie that bitch up Target. so she never makes a bad movie again. Was there an era of uh, X-Men uniforms that you liked a lot, Darcy? Oh, um, I don't think I was ever really torn to a... Sp- I think... I like different characters' costumes at different points. So there's yeah. not, like, a collective set where, like, I was pleased with all of them. Yeah. Um, so I really liked um, Storm's costume. That was the one that was, like, the two-piece swimsuit almost held together with the ring and, like, the thigh-high boots and, like, the cape that tied to, like, the wrist. That one was badass. And just the whole mohawk phase was pretty cool. Yeah. Um... I think, like, I hated all the little, um, little dress things that Jean Grey wore all the time. The, the Marvel Girl, like, Marvel girly white and green with yeah. the weird mask kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. I really like Rogue's costume now, the little hood thing. I think that is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, guy-wise, I feel like Wolverine's always had, like the same costume it was orange and brown and then it turned to like yellow and until the movies now it's jeans and a tank top yeah jeans and a white beater (laughs) yeah pretty much um gambit has a cool costume it's different it's different silly i like the uh trench coat with the weird 90s head thing that doesn't cover your face at the top there were so many of those 90s headband kind of deals that is my least favorite superhero Accoutrement. Weird. Even more so than Eric like shiny Rose. eye. Even more so. Really? Yeah, wow. even, like even Firestorm. Oh, come on. It's very Flash Gordon. Very 1960s, 50s. I kind of liked whenever all the X-Men, there was that period of time in Uncanny X-Men where they all wore... The same exact uniform, and I kind of like that. Right after the movie, I felt like. It was, it was, it was, um, 
It wasn't all the black leather. It was all the just gold and blue uniform. Oh, I do remember that one. And they, they did that for probably about a year. Some of them are still in it. Like, Kitty's still in that yeah, one. I like that uniform. I thought it was Not cool. Bad. And I, even though everybody wore it, it was the same exact yeah. thing. It must have been boring as hell to draw. I still kind of liked the uniformity of it all. So. Now, some people had cool costumes in the, like, the Age of Apocalypse series. The X-Men that has Superman's powers is named Monet Sanquo. Monet. I knew it was an M. Couldn't think of it. As you were. Did you like Age of Apocalypse? Because I recently went back and started trying to read it because I didn't read it whenever it first came out. Having a hard time with it. I loved Age of Apocalypse. Did you? I loved Age of... Age of Apocalypse is right before I became more of a love-hate relationship with the X-Men, so I read all of the Age of Apocalypse. I think between my sister and I, we have every single issue except for, like, one. Um, And I loved... Maybe why I loved it so much is I loved Blink, and Blink was in Phalanx Covenant. I'm probably Mm -hmm. pronouncing that wrong. And they killed her. She was in, like, two issues, and I loved the character, and then they took her away, and I was like, well they brought well but here's the thing though so they brought her back she's in age of apocalypse she's awesome and then age of apocalypse is over and onslaught was horrible um they bring some of the age of apocalypse people over but they've completely changed them so they bring over blink and she's like a completely different character and i just was felt so wronged and like betrayed and I was really upset, and I just... Is Blink an alien? Because she looks purple. No, she was you can, just a mutant. You can have different skin tone and body. I guess you can. Yeah. So, X-Men. You're right. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. welcome in the X-Men. That's why you hate it. <laughs> your tolerance. Yeah. You said that that was the beginning of your love-hate relationship yeah. with X-Men. What happened? Did you fell out? Did you, you stop... Reading at all? Um, I probably got about five issues of Onslaught and just stopped altogether. I was like, at this point, they had continued. When when they went into the Age of Apocalypse, they broke from that like four-issue standard thing that they were doing for a while. And then mm-hmm. they, all of a sudden, there was like 20 comics that you had to get the follow line. Probably not that bad. I'm exaggerating. But it was a lot. Yeah. Because Age of Apocalypse had Amazing X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Regular X-Men, X-Men. Aston- Astonishing X-Men, X-Man, um, X-Force, all that. And there was like, seriously, like 10 different stories. And they continued that through when Age of Apocalypse ended. And it was just too much for my budget at that point in time. And um, I also just didn't like the storyline at all. So I dropped off. And... Time, you know, Dylan and I would go back to the comic book store every once in a while. I'd flip through some issues, check in on my beloved characters, and would be pissed off every time I picked up an issue. Storm's dating beast now. What the fuck? <laughs> Blink's got double D breasts and she's a smart-ass kid as opposed to being this cute little 13-year-old Jubilee-ass character. Simple what the surgery fuck? over the weekend can take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, breasts. just felt like every time... I checked back in on them. They were doing something more asinine with them. And I just I just kept getting more and more upset. And then um, recently I was persuaded by my fellow comic book fans to give them another try. So um, That's right. Who was it? 
me. <laughs> and so I, I read, I think it was when we were over here for the Sandman um, episode. I read the first one of yeah. the all-girl team, and I really liked it a lot. And I was like, oh, they got their shit back together. And so I started picking them up, and they really didn't get their shit back together. But I'm, st- oh, I'm, ha- I'm hanging in there. I haven't given up hope yet. I've actually found, though, I don't like the new just plain X-Men. I actually like the Uncanny better. Mm-hmm. Is that Bendis? I like the... I, I forget... Yeah, that is Bendis and Chris Bucciolato. Is that how... Is that his name? Do you know his work No. Bachelor, Bachelor, the artist. Yes. Yeah. Chris Bachelor, Bacallo, Bacallo. No one knows, but that guy on Uncanny X Men is pretty good. Um, also, all new X Men, I think, is is a quality book as well. Are you all I think caught up on regular X Men title. I know what happened while I was in hiatus, but I haven't gone back and purchased. Did any you of read them. the last? You should read after. The last three issues after um, Battle of the Atom. I, I'm called caught up on those. I thought you were asking, like, am I caught up on what happened from Onslaught on? Uh, I thought what you were asking. Like, I know. She's what, saying, like, back 2000, yeah. Or yeah, 98, yeah, no, 99. No. Yeah, I have, like, all the last, like, issues since I went back. You and, haven't liked the last three? You're lukewarm on those? Here's my issue. <laughs> and maybe this is just. I don't know, a girl issue. You know, we're like, okay, we're going to have an all-female team, which is awesome. You know, great. Something for young girls to look up to. Or me. Or, you know, Paul. Um, yeah, and I was really, right the first time. I was really, I was really on board <laughs> with that. But now that the storyline's expanding, they're fighting the sisterhood of all girls. And it's sort of like a little too cliche for me, like, the all-girl team can only fight all-girl villains. It's like yeah. enough with the girl power thing. I think that they're a capable enough team that they can handle some male villains. It's a little patronizing to be like, our all-girl team can only fight girls with, you know, people with vaginas, you know, because that's all they can handle. It's like, I'm, I think they can handle some other serious shit. Why don't we... Why don't what was we, that, Matt? Say it out loud. Punch them right in the vagina. <laughs> Matt yeah. wants to see them handle vagina in this upcoming arc. Yep. Which is why I think I the last... Let's like, be honest. I want to see them handle some vagina in this upcoming <laughs> arc. So that's why <laughs> try to steer through it. Um, the Uncanny one, the last issue of Uncanny where uh, it, the inhumanity that the... the storyline that they're starting where it actually looks like you know it's emma it's magic um aureliana um and all their girl students and it looks like they're actually up against something that any other team would be up against it's just i'm just sick of it being like we have to shove it down your throat no pun intended guys that (laughs) we're doing all girls and we're gonna just you know, I girl it up as much as we can. And it's like, seriously. It was like the Powerpuff Girls. Even they got to fight that monkey that was a dude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe that's they're right. trying to uh, gear towards another audience. Bring some more peeps in. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like but the audience that they're, they're shooting yeah. for is, is not if going you, along with it. Yeah, if you want to get more female fans, 
I mean, if you're trying to say, like, girls are just as capable, then make us just as capable. Let us fight some, you know, let us fight. But they can't handle Magneto. They can handle Magneto. Well, Magneto's a good guy at this point, or a bad guy. Good guy, bad guy. Good team. That weird white uniform that he's wearing that looks like shit. What's going on with Magneto? It's retarded. But I don't know. I maybe I'm maybe I'm searching for something to complain about. But when I got to that point in the last issue where they're like, "We're the sisterhood," I was like, "And officially, you just sort of lost me a little bit." Yeah. What's your favorite um, storyline? Um. I was a huge fan of Age of Apocalypse. I won't lie. I really did like that storyline a lot. I think if I had to pick another storyline, I went back. You should probably go back and read Age of Apocalypse now, and maybe that answer will change. Maybe. It's so difficult. (laughs) Is it really? It's it's robbed me of years of my life. Oh, really? Wow. Um, I went back when I started reading... um, I couldn't get, as you know, couldn't get enough of Storm. So I went back to the X-Men classics. And I actually really enjoyed the whole time where she actually didn't have her power. And, um, you know, she was leading the X-Men. She was leading the Morlocks. Um, The whole, um, I think the brood happened around that time. I thought that was an interesting storyline. It always is weird to me whenever the X-Men fight aliens and things from space. I know it's part of what they do, but it just seems strange. Anytime they go off and they're with the, the Shi'ar Empire and all that stuff, it's it's just strange. And I agree. Whenever, like, all the stuff with the aliens, and it, it didn't seem like a natural part of the X-Men mythology. Like, when they're... When they're on Earth and they're dealing with the government and people hating them and the Brotherhood and they're dealing with all that down home stuff, it all felt very organic to who those characters are. But even the time travel, I get. But all that alien stuff, I'm like, what the fuck yeah, are you guys they're, doing? They're steeped in all these social issues and equality, yeah. and then they're off in space. That's, so I don't know. Did anybody read Avengers vs. X Men? I did. What did you think? It raped your wallet. It raped my wallet. Yeah. Because there that were... That was a weekly book, I think, right? It Didn't was it a... Pretty much weekly for about, what, 15 weeks? A lot of different spinoffs. Yeah, a- AVX. And, um... It, it really made... It, it made Cyclops a complete villain. He ends up killing... Professor yeah. X for how many times is this dude going to get killed? I Poor know. Professor X. No. I really didn't think it was warranted. I didn't either. It seemed weird and it just seemed forced and it was yeah. like we have to shock people. Here here so it is. So what is what is Cyclops's current state? He's the leader of the Uncanny X-Men, mm-hmm. which is a faction that has Magneto, Emma Frost. So they're they're good guys. So he's a good guy now. He's like, oh, I'm sorry I killed Professor X. It's cool. It's cool. I'm going to leave these guys. Yeah. Um, Well, where's Professor X? Is he still dead? He's he's dead. So he can go kill Professor X, but a month later, it's like, you know what, dude? It's all right that you killed Professor X. Professor X is dead, but not because Scott killed him. Scott killed him, and then he came back after Scott killed him, and then he got killed again. 
What the fuck? This guy, can't he just... He can't just stay dead. Just go into a cave for a little while and just avoid being killed. Like, Professor X is supposed to be kind of badass. Why does he keep getting killed? Can't he take care of himself? Well, I, like, I read that whenever X-Men started, when Stanley started that book, like, Professor X was supposed to be, like, a supporting character. Like, the book wasn't supposed to be about him. He was a dick. And he was just a small part of that book. It was supposed to be about, you know, Gene and Cyclops and Beast. But over the years, Professor X just got a bigger and bigger role. Until, like, for me, he was always the centerpiece of that team. Like, going into, like, from the cartoon and the movies. Like, all the times that he's not around, I'm like, why isn't he the baddest motherfucker on the planet? And that's what I always got from the X-Men stuff I read. But I guess it was never supposed to be that way. So maybe whenever they kill him, it's going old school. But our heroes being villains is where all comics are going these days. Mm -hmm. No one can be heroes and villains. Everyone's gray area. Like the Scott Summers Magneto X-Men team. Like Captain Cold and Lex Luthor being on the Justice League in a couple months. What? What? Yeah, after Forever Evil, Lex Luthor replaces Superman on the Justice League. What? And Captain Cold's gonna be on the Justice League. Doesn't that defeat the title Forever Evil? Shouldn't it just be like Evil Part Time? (laughs) (laughs) Some of the time. Yeah, just straight up good guys, bad guys aren't aren't good enough anymore. It's part of the reason I really like that X-Men book is that it's giving me what I don't get in a lot of other books right now, which is these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. There's not a lot of crazy gray area that you need to navigate through. No one's trying to make a character cooler than they're supposed to be. It's just it's just a good heroes versus villains superhero book, regardless of their sexuality. Or gender. Or gender. That too. Paul. Matt. What's your ideal X-Men team? Team of five. Uh, team of five. Is that too many? Team of four? Team of five. Team of five, give like classic X-Men. Yeah, line. give me a leader and then and then the other four. Uh, Cyclops. To lead? Yeah. Okay. Storm, Wolverine, Beast. Um, then we'll go Colossus. That's pretty classic. classic right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very Matt. John Byrne of you. I've never liked Jean Grey in mm-hmm. any incarnation. Famke Jansen, yeah, real pretty, but I never liked her. No? No, I never liked the character. <laughs> this, no. She's not going to be on any X team I put together. Matt, what would your X team be? I wasn't ready to answer so soon, but let me let me quickly assemble. <laughs> X-Men assemble. I'm sorry. I turned it on you because I'm trying to do it right here. <laughs> Maybe Darcy has one ready to go. Um, I Darcy's team one. is... Storm, bleeding. Storm, 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 storm. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> With Nightcrawler as the alternate. <laughs> alternate captain. Hey. Or maybe just three storms, Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler. I do storm. I would do Rogue. I think Rogue's got some badass capabilities. Nightcrawler. Um, as much as I don't like as popular as Wolverine is, I would probably throw him on. He's pretty integral. He, yeah, to the X-Men. he's pretty, pretty neat. It's like if you're going to put together a team of bounty hunters, 
you can't not put Boba Fett on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Matt? Yep. Right, Ian? You're the one wearing the Millennium Falcon shirt. Oh, why are you telling everybody? Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then fifth, um, I don't know. I guess Kitty Pride. Ginger, who would your X-Men team be? Talk loud, you're behind the mic. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know all those characters. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. What was the blue girl? The that's, blue? Mi- that's Mystique. 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 Well, yeah, okay, we'll use that. In this age of gray area shenanigans, she can be on the X-Men. Isn't she an X-Men? She's a bad guy. It's uh, very complicated. I feel like she might have switched over at some point in the past, so... We'll, we'll go. go we'll, we'll count Mystique. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Wolverine. Wolverine. Wait, is this no particular order? No, 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 order. no. Just pick five. Well, give us a leader. Oh, um, Wolverine can be a leader. Wolverine. I'll pick Wolverine. Wolverine's the leader. It's a bit of a wild card, but <laughs> I like <laughs> it. Hey, he's super hot and. Uh, That's how we're building this. Especially the short sexiness. <laughs> Arizona What's your like five X Men sex team? <laughs> my sex team. My sex men? The triple X Men. <laughs> sex men. Mystique Wolverine. Who else has stunning good looks? Human Torch? He's not. We put Chris Evans on that team. He's not a mutant. Has any X-Men? You're more excited about the Ginger sex team than she is. (laughs) Chris Evans is a handsome man. I can't think of everyone. Who's the guy that, in one of the X-Men movies, he does the, uh, is it the big giant fireball? What's that? That's a pyro. 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 We'll we'll accept that. Pyro. Um, Storm. 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 One more. Cyclops. Cyclops. Excellent job. Very good. Excellent job. Ian, did you come up with one? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'll go go wild card team. Give me... Oh, here it comes. Give me me Forge. He can fix some things. Yeah, give me Forge. I'll take Boom Boom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I want Boom Boom. I'm just kidding. I don't know who that is. She was like a uh, ditzier, blonder version of Jubilee. I'll take uh, Ar- Archangel, because I liked his blue and neon pink uniform. Yeah. So I'll take that. Isn't like a, all of them? Give me Psylocke. Yeah. I always like Psylocke. And to round them off, um, Sunspot. Holy shit. Well, if I just wanted to pull random X-Men out of my ass, I could have done that, too. (laughs) I'll take Dazzler. I'll put my team up against any sexy (laughs) X-Men. Forge can fix things. I'm surprised Jubilee didn't make make the cut. I was just going random. I, I picked Boom Boom over Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Ian was going for comedy, not real x <laughs> I'm sure the listeners will be upset that I did that instead of not my real true picks. I'm sure they will I wish because I, I am all too. their powers, like what they all Matt, actually did. Because I don't, I don't know. Um, I think uh, Cyclops needs to be the leader. Uh, this is 
Any particular version of Cyclops? Yeah, not the crazy version. Yes. The the more like kind of clat when you think Cyclops, more the classic version. Maybe the version from the uh, animated show. The goody two shoes. The goody two shoes. The, the Leonardo style <laughs> Cyclops. Um, then you need some muscle, so that's where Colossus comes in. Um, also, I want also with that hair. I like this hair. Yes. And I'm also going to need some brains. I need a Donatello of the X-Men. Who better than... Forge. Forge, he fixes shit. That is a Donatello. I was right. right but I'm, on, go- I'm going with Beast, because I think he's even smarter. All right, that's fair. True. Um, plus, he's a, probably a better fighter. Forge can make weapons and that bionic leg that he has. I think he we're going to need... Shit. I think we're going to need some additional... Abilities on this team. I think flight is one of the greatest superhero abilities, so we got to get Rogue on there. What am I up to? I don't know. I think that was four. One and more. And then, um, then I think we got to go Sexy Blue Nightcrawler that the chicks love. Chicks dig Nightcrawler. You taking Blue Beast? Yeah, you got right. Blue Nightcrawler, gonna, Blue Beast? Yeah. Yeah, Blue Nightcrawler oh, and Blue Beast. I, I imagine those two guys, like, kind of, they, they're roommates, you know, like, when they're they like, travel. Ah, whose blue hair is this? Were when you they travel, they have, to, right, they have to go together, and they probably get to share a wardrobe because it's like, you know, they, it goes with their eyes. And, um, <laughs> or, or fur? Or fur, yeah. <sighs> So, and, and I think Wolverine, as much as I like him, frankly, I think he's better as a loner. I think he works better on his own in his own book. I've always enjoyed him in that capacity better. So, uh, Wolverine, you're going to sit this one out. That's my X-Men team. And I think on that note, we can wrap up our X-Men Spectacular. Thanks to Darcy Mahaffey this for was joining us tonight. I got to say. Thanks for having me. It was an exceptional experience. Yes! Two of them! Two of them! <laughs> That's the last time you'll be invited back. <laughs> Thanks to Ginger, our studio audience. Thank you, Ginger. You even provided a great team. Yeah. My so, name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. And we will see you next week.
Welcome to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. Hello. And this is episode 40, where we're going to talk all things... This is episode 41, where we're going to talk all things X-Men. Do it again. Welcome to episode... I already screwed it up, right? <laughs> Welcome to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. 